Hello there, ladies and gentlemen of the North, South, East and West and welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I'm your host, the Hypersonic 55 and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film related discussion. And yeah, we got another film double for you ladies and gents. I just can't seem to stop doing films in this format because in the grand scheme of things, while I could do individual episodes for numerous films that I've seen over the course of this year, I feel like it's just been easier just to bunch certain films together. But yeah, we're back on track to do some more film reviews before the year is out, and I know I've only got a few days before that point, but today we're going to be talking about two very interesting films, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Pixar's Soul, one from Netflix and one that's currently available on Disney+. Both films I was interested in prior to their release. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was one I wasn't actually aware of until I think maybe springtime of this year. Whereas Soul, I was captivated from the first teaser trailer many, many moons ago. So I saw both within the last week and I just thought, you know what, since there are some similarities to them and since they're both sort of black influenced as well, I thought, you know what, bunch them together and talk about them. So we're going to be talking about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom first and then talk about Soul afterwards. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump in. All right, so first up is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Now this is a film that I have been interested in since the earlier side of this year because one thing I like to do is if there's an actor or actress I'm really interested in I'll normally look ahead to see what their filmography is saying where they are like you know developing a new project and I'd heard about this one I liked the sound of the cast but there wasn't really any uh, visual information about it but then unfortunately when Chadwick died which left me completely distraught for a few days, I'm not going to lie. I felt even more compelled to see this film. Funny thing was though, even after the marketing came out, I was just like, well, I don't really want to see anything. I just want to go into this fresh. I know I'm going to watch it regardless just because Chadwick's in it. And plus, I'd heard some interesting good word of mouth about like him and Viola Davis in the film. So I'm like, you know what, let me just go in. And I'm not even going to sugarcoat it, ladies and gentlemen. Marini's Black Bottom really impressed me. I thought the film was bloody great. The performances in the film especially are bloody stunning. And it has some of the most intense scenes I have seen in a film for a little bit. Every so often a film will come along that will literally shake you to your core. And this film happened to give me one of those kind of experiences. And I was not expecting it in the slightest. And yeah, I'm just going to talk about how much I enjoyed this film today. My thoughts are going to be a little bit more scatterbrained because I didn't take as many notes as I would have liked. But I have many good things to say about this film. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do the standard procedure. Talking about story, characters, presentation, and then overall conclusion. Alright, so the plot of this film can be summed up as the following. In 1927, on a hot day in Chicago, legendary blues singer... Ma Rainey drops by to record an album with her band. However, the session proves to be difficult as Ma has to deal with not only a white manager's trying to control the session, but also her trumpeter, Levy, who has his own ambitions and ideas which conflict with Ma's style. And that is the plot of the film without going into the area of spoilers. The interesting thing about this film for me was how swift it was. There is a lot of content in this film and there is also a lot that takes place in this singular location and yet 
it flew by. This is one of the swiftest films I've ever seen. And even though it's runtime, sits at 94 minutes, which is already pretty swift for most films, especially that in the biopic department, it told its story so well. And it didn't feel like anything was rushed. Everything felt like it had purpose and flowed into each other very well. But at the same time, it just felt very swift. I've always found it interesting to watch stories that focus on black people trying to navigate their way through the entertainment industry, especially when it's music. And this film demonstrates that it has been a struggle from the get-go. Ma Rainey is a very talented individual and clearly the uh, white people knew about that but they only wanted to go about and use that talent for their own gains and just seeing how that played out was very fascinating. There is so much joy and love and passion that's in this film and I love how it demonstrates the joy and the good vibes that come with music but also the sort of cynical pessimistic and scary side of things as well where being a creative in that point especially being black as well it's very difficult for you to go about and expand beyond just the people of your race you want to find opportunities but then they are limited and even when you do have like the chance to you know expand there were still people above you that will take advantage or pretty much steal your stuff outright and watching that go down in this film again was just very captivating i love how straight from the get-go you could see that there was tension bubbling under the surface but it was very subtle but as the film progressed and you go for the recording session and then you have some of these conversations that happen between some of the characters and then you have outright arguments and confrontation everything sort of just bubbles up explodes and it is just mental it was very intense, in your face, dramatic and hardcore, and I bloody loved it. And it's very powerful and left me kind of speechless at one point as well, which was very impressive. I don't normally come out of films without, like, you know, words to say, so it was very impressive. And then you have the cast. Firstly, there's Viola Davis as Ma Rainey. Viola Davis is pretty much great in everything. There's yet to be a film where I've ever seen Viola and just been like, oh yeah, you know, she wasn't very good in that film. She always gives 100% and is pretty much like one of the most captivating actresses I've ever seen in my life. She even made Suicide Squad tolerable and that is no easy feat. And in this film, I think this is one of her finest performances just because Ma Rainey is a strong, powerful black woman who is clearly good at what she does but she also doesn't take any crap from anybody she is very intimidating unforgiving relentless and very powerful as well you can see that she cares she does have a slight soft side but it is usually never shown too often and it's easy for her to get into conflict with people because whenever anybody wants to do something that she doesn't agree with, then it's pretty much done. You're literally talking to a brick wall at that point. And Viola was so intense and badass and I didn't even want to cross her. I was like, man, like she got lost in that role. And it, sometimes it was hard for me to even see like, you know, Viola in there because she turned into this proper intense, scary lady who was clearly passionate about what she does. 
but doesn't like to hear anything other than her own opinion. So yeah, I thought Viola was great. And then of course we have my guy, my boy, Chadwick Boseman as Levy Green, the trumpet eye of the band. At first you come across Levy and you think, oh yeah, okay, this man is clearly talented, he knows how to play the trumpet well, and you know, he has that sort of like rapper mentality. I've seen this before in not only like, you know, films, but also in life in general, where you have certain people who grow up with talent who haven't been in the industry as long as like professionals who have been doing this for years, but they have a different idea. They want to change things up, create like, you know, something new, something fresh, and they want to basically just throw out the old style and bring in the new style without like properly giving respect to what came before and what paved the way for them. And Levy at first, he does come across as a, someone who is cocky and sometimes annoying in the way in which he sort of, uh, you know, playfully berates his uh, other band members and, you know, just Ma Rainey and stuff like that. But once you figure out what's actually going on with him inside his mind and learn of his backstory as well, you have a totally different perception of him and then you learn why he is so determined and how he is choosing to navigate his life. He may be a little like, you know, over the top, but he has like, you know, goals and ambition and he is pretty smart. And seeing the interesting dichotomy between him and the band members and obviously Ma as well is very fascinating to watch. I've seen and heard conversations like this, not only within, you know, films, but also in my life as well, sitting around certain like, you know, conversation within the black community uh, whether it be friends, family, or otherwise, you you see certain uh, conversations like this when it comes to uh, race and being in this world with like you know what's it powers that are above you, and then learning how to you know basically adapt, but not forget. There is a lot of interesting things going on with Levy and Chadwick was amazing. There is no hyperbole there. Chadwick was amazing. This was his finest performance to date. I have long since flown the flag of his performance in Get On Up as my favorite of his so far, but this has topped it by miles. Chadwick brings that same energy, charisma, charm, and wonderfulness that you love about him. He even gets to sing on a couple of occasions, and he's so good. But he brings an intensity, a dramatic flair, and a screen presence, which is hard to describe without seeing it, but he is there. You are glued. You are absolutely intensely following everything that this man does. He has a couple of really standout moments where he gets to just go off and talk, and he is fantastic. I was engaged the entire way and it made me sad afterwards that, you know, he's no longer with us because the man's talent was literally just spilling out of the friggin' screen. Beyond that, the other great performances from Glenn Turman, Coleman Domingo and Michael Potts was great. I love seeing those guys have their interesting interactions with the band as well and Coleman, I love that guy because I remembered him from The Wire. I mistaked him for another character, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure I remember you from The Wire. And I looked him up like, oh yeah, it is you. Yeah, so I like that guy. He was pretty good. And finally, 
Taylor Page as uh, Darcy May. I quite liked her as well. I haven't seen her in many things, but I hope to see her in like some more material down the line. And then we have to talk about the presentation. The interesting thing about this film, like I said before, which I wasn't expecting, was that it mainly took place in the recording studio. So it was mainly more of one of those uh, single location kind of films, although we did get to go outside to a few different locations. But I feel like this film did a good job of creating that 1920s America look. It has some really nice costumes in there. Everybody looked like they were supposed to be from that period. And I also quite liked the music. The music was really nice. As a fan of jazz-related music, this had a good sound. And even though the film score wasn't as noticeable and didn't have as many moments to show up as I would have liked, when I could hear the score from Branford Masalis, I thought it was pretty good. It had some nice, powerful moments sprinkled throughout the film. So overall, I would say Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was pretty damn good. It should be watched for the performances alone. It's very intense, very great, still has a lot of relatable themes to some of the stuff that's going on in the world right now. And it's an interesting insight into the music industry and how black people had to navigate it when, you know, racial tension was at a much higher level. Alright, and next up is Soul, the latest film from Pixar. Now, as I stated beforehand, this film has been on my radar for the longest time since the first teaser trailer came out back in November 2019. And the more I saw of it, the more I was captivated, but I only saw the one extra trailer afterwards. I was just like, you know what, let me just see what's going on with this film and enjoy it for myself. And then the early word of mouth came out about the film and it was so glowing, I was like, okay, I'm ready to be impressed. So then I watched it on Boxing Day and good lord, I thought the film was bloody incredible. This is one of the most ambitious, unique and thought-provoking films that Pixar have ever made. And it's probably my favourite Pixar film since Coco came out. And the interesting thing about this film is that while it still has a lot of the basic codes and conventions that you know from Pixar beforehand, it changes things up and offers enough unique and different elements for it to stand out on its own as one of the shining beacons of not only Pixar's work but also 3D animated material in general. So, as per usual, we talk about story, characters, presentation, and the overall conclusion. So, without further ado, we're going to jump in. So, the story for this film can be summed up as the following. You have Joe Gardner, a musician who has sort of lost his passion for music. He's a music teacher. He's a little later on in his life, and he is just not really feeling the good vibes anymore. However, he is given an opportunity to flex his musical talents. However, unfortunately, he ends up dying and losing his soul and while in this other world he has to find a way to get back to his body in a limited amount of time so along with another soul by the name of 22 they go on this crazy adventure to try and get back to earth and get joe back to where he needs to be in order to fulfill his lifelong dream essentially and that is the way for me to describe this film without going into your spoilers to put it simply, this film is about life, how we perceive it, what gives it meaning, what makes it valuable to us, and if you have a passion, how do you pursue it, and is that passion the be-all and end-all of your life, 
And how do you pick yourself up when you feel defeated, deflated, and things just don't seem to be going your way? This film presents a lot of interesting themes and ideas and really makes you think about your own life, what you've done, what you plan to do, and if you've done everything to the best of your abilities. It has a lot of that wonderful charm and Pixar flair and it has a lot of really great moments of humor but it also has a lot of depth, a lot of heart and a lot of those thought provoking moments that will allow you and other friends to you know basically get together and just contemplate certain things and I feel like this film does a great job of illustrating the sort of joys and struggles that come with being a creative with passion and talent but not quite knowing what to do with it or not quite knowing if that talent of yours will ever work out as a career essentially and while I'm not a musician myself I am an illustrator and I know that that's what I'd want to do professionally and this film really hit home on a good number of occasions not only for its portrayal of black culture which this film does pretty damn well there are certain nuances in this film that this film gets right down to a T and even though some of it's played for comedic effect having lived like you know some of those scenarios that Joe went through with his friends and family and like you know even going to the barbershop I'm like yo man that is accurate to a T that's really scary and this film does some really interesting stuff when it comes to the existential sort of supernatural elements. No one really knows where we go when we die, but this film does an interesting job of trying to paint a picture of what that might be like with some really crazy and cool imagery, an interesting idea of what it looks like when we disappear into the great beyond, I guess. Also, this interesting world where personalities are created and the sort of interesting ideas they have about assigning personalities and creating these worlds where people go into like what they call the zone when they're creating like their best work and they're really vibing with things there's a lot of really crazy and cool stuff in there now admittedly when you really start to think about it you have certain elements about this other world that you could really pick apart but i feel like that's not the point of the film now sure you have to create rules for these certain worlds to work and I guess there are certain things that do you can pick apart when you look at the story but I feel that's more nitpicking than anything else because there is a beautiful story that's told in this film and it was captivating engaging and just so cute alright so let's start with the cast and we will start with Joe Gardner played by Jamie Foxx now Joe is one of the sort of guys who clearly has talent but it just never got him where he needed to be so he's at this point in his 40s life's got him down he's a music teacher but things just haven't worked out for him and seeing him go through this journey of just trying to make it I can understand that struggle while I'm obviously not nearly in my 40s just yet I know what that struggle's like to you know try and try and try and be rejected and then just think Will there ever be a time for me to put my talents to good use in the way in which I'd hoped for a career? And you can sympathize with that man's journey 100%, but you also realize that this guy, for as many great things as he's done, he's also had a bit of a negative outlook on life and he's just not really, you know, 
assess what he does have and going on this journey you see him change and learn and it's really fun just to see this guy go through his life for all the highs and lows and random comical hijinks he gets into beyond that you have Tina Fey as 22 Tina Fey has been one of my favorite actresses since I saw her in 30 Rock and every time she shows up she always brings me much joy and happiness and in this role her character was all sorts of fun, annoying, charismatic and strange but she also doesn't like earth, she just doesn't see the point in it, she's had many mentors try to teach her the meaning of life I guess and the joys of it but she just hasn't found it and meeting up with Joe clearly these two have conflicts of interest but as the film goes on she starts to appreciate and change herself and I thought Faye did a great job in the role her and Fox had great chemistry and they bounced off each other really well I thought that their story was really nice and cute and I had a good time watching it especially towards the latter half of the film also, Graham Norton as Moonwind was just bizarre and brilliant. Graham Norton, for those who aren't aware, he's obviously a talk show host over here in the UK on the BBC. And I've watched that guy for many, many years now. And I couldn't quite catch his voice the first time. But when, when my sister told me who it was, I'm like, oh, I can just about hear it. He's a little bit more charismatic and crazy than he usually is on you know, his uh, TV show. But I thought Moonwind was one of the funnest characters in the film. He's super fun and overly crazy but so much fun I, I, I loved him, he was great uh, Rachel House's Terry fabulous she's been one of like those standout people who's shown up in films especially since Thor Ragnarok and in this film she was great I thought she was fab so cunning and sneaky but also very upper self and you know um, I, I thought she was fun she was really cool and yeah, there was just a lot of other really fine performances. Richard Ayoade, who is Moss from the IT crowd, who's one of my all-time favorite people in the history of existence, whenever he shows up, it brings me joy. His voice is so distinctive, you can't not know who he is. From showing up in The Mandalorian to showing up in Soul now, it brings me much joy just to hear him whenever he's just like waxing poetical. He's just really great. And yeah, the rest of the cast was all really solid as well. And then, of course, there's the presentation. Visually, this is the best-looking freaking Pixar film by miles. The amount of detail in New York City alone and the level of realism that they've achieved with the sidewalks, buildings, textures of clothing, even just the designs of people. They have this great way of creating that sort of cartoony style with the character designs, which have a level of realism to them but also feature really random shapes for people with more distinctive like you know nose mouths heads and body shapes but the lighting is insane the level of detail is ridiculous and it's just surprising every time i think that we've reached that sort of plateau with 3d animated films where detail we've reached that pinnacle there is no more Pixar come along and just say hold my beer we went through this time and time again from Toy Story 1 to Toy Story 2 then we went to Finding Nemo and then you went to Wall-E 
And then you went to Toy Story 3, which is still one of my favorite looking Pixar films ever. And I thought that was it. Brave came out after that. And then we got to Coco, which was one of the most ridiculously quality looking films I'd seen. And then this film comes out and it just blows it out of the bloody water. The quality in the textures, the color work, the lighting, the shots of New York City, especially at night, is fantastic. And the changes of animation style when we go to the sort of other world is fabulous. But there's also that incredible attention to detail when it comes to just the general character animation, which is all sorts of squash and stretch and bouncy and elastic. It's basic slapstick. It's all elastic and joyful, but it blends so well with the sort of more realistic setting that they worked in this film as well. It's great. It's so good. The visuals are ridiculous. And then there's the film score as well, which is so, so different from a lot of the other sort of Pixar material that we've gotten in the past. It has such a electronic, strange kind of sound. It's very otherworldly, but very appropriate. It can be upbeat and bouncy at times, but it's also very dark and scary at times as well. And you have the wonderful pair of Trent Reznor and Atticius Ross, at least I think that's how you say the second guy's name. They did a fabulous job with this. These are the guys that worked on the soundtrack for The Social Network, which was one of my favorite scores from 10 years ago. And Atticius Ross, I loved his work with his other partner, whose name I forgot, but they worked on the film score for The Book of Eli, which has one of my favorite um, sounds for a long time. So these guys did a great job with putting that whole thing together and there were also jazz segments that were in this film as well which gave me such a nostalgic vibe for the stuff that my dad used to play whenever we used to you know when he used to take us to uh, school or drives to my grandmother's house it had that sort of great classic jazzy kind of sound some of it sounded like the jazz fusion material that i was listening to that came out in the like 1980s so yeah it was it was great so in conclusion I think Soul is a bloody good film and you should definitely watch it. I know that there are some people that have been burnt out on Pixar because, you know, there's been a number of sequels and certain, like, unique properties that just haven't reached the heights of their, I guess, original set of films that showed up between 1995 to 2010. I reckon it was sort of around up slash Toy Story 3 when Pixar films sort of reached that plateau and they haven't been able to, like, you know, reach beyond that for certain fans. But... I still feel there have been unique and great parts of the Pixar universe that have come out from that period onwards. I like Finding Dory. I really liked Inside Out. I loved Coco. And this film is definitely like, you know, uh, on that higher echelon of Pixar films for me. It's definitely in my top three. Although I may have to reassess that after a while. We'll see, we'll see. But yeah, no, the film is great and it should be watched. And that will bring this discussion about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Soul to a close. Have you seen either or both of these films? And if so, what did you think about them? As per usual, you can contact me on Twitter where I am at Hypersonic 55 or at FilmFocus55. You can holler at me via the email address, thehypersonic 55 at gmail.com. Check out the blog, hypersonic55.wordpress.com. Check out our Facebook page. And yeah, I have at least, I think, maybe a couple more podcast episodes i'll get out before the year is done arranging this top 10 has become a lot more tricky than i expected but 
I think we'll be able to get it done by at least the 30th or the 31st, so uh, look forward to that when it comes. Anyway, thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen, as always, and until the next time, this is the Hypersonic 55, signing out. Peace. Thank mm-hmm. you.